network and just be around the right people at the right time and then also perform you know we touched on it a little bit in the beginning like it's not necessarily all about like being salesy right it's more about like being inquisitive and then also it's about like your availability you know somebody told me once like your greatest ability is your availability and i do my best to show up to work every day no degree no problem any problem we can solve them insomnia keeps us evolving we're growing in the knowing the wisdom is flowing if you didn't know now you know where i'm going Welcome to another episode of the No Degree Podcast. I want to personally thank you for tuning in and supporting our show. If you haven't yet, hit that follow or subscribe button. I encourage you, don't keep this to yourself. Share these inspiring stories with your friends, invite them to subscribe, and connect with us on social media. So today, I have Charles Bishop, who works in enterprise sales. Can you share a little bit more about what you do? Yeah, man. Nice to meet you. Thank you for having me on the show. I appreciate it. Um, I'm a fan of your work. I think you're doing awesome content. Um, a little bit about me. I'm based in Austin, Texas. Uh, I work for a startup called Carrot. And we focus on delivering exceptional experiences um, with uh, interviewing software engineers for companies. So a little bit about uh, what I do more specifically. I try to solve problems, try to be inquisitive about you know what's going on with our customers' organization and identify ways that our company can come in and just make their processes a little bit more smoother. Um, and just increase that experience that they're having as an organization. So that's what I focus on. It's trying to solve problems, being inquisitive about what's going on in their specific organization and presenting that to the right person. And you know, it's funny. People have a huge misconception about sales. They just think it's just someone trying to take your money. But it's like, it's someone who's <laughs> trying to solve a problem that you have so that yeah. you can either save time and in business time equals money. And a lot of people don't consider it that way. Uh, so now let's go. You know, you're, you've moved up, you know, people don't just start in enterprise sales. So if you could give a blueprint of your success to someone without a college degree, what would it look like? You know, what would you tell them to do, what not to do? Uh, do what you're good at and do what you enjoy doing, right? For me, I, I like talking to people and I, I like learning about whether like, it'd be their culture, their work experience, being a friend. If, if you're good at that, then sales is a great place to be in, right? Because you're learning more about people and products every single day and you're getting better. No day is the same. Um, so what I would say to somebody who's looking at potentially getting into the sales industry is pay attention to that person that knocks on your door, that solicitor, you know, like give them a chance, give them a shot. I do it all the time. Like you knock on my door. I have the sign, <laughs> but if you knock, man, like, I'm going to hear you out. I'm going to hear your spiel. And then I'm probably going to tell you I'm not interested. But try to learn um, and then look for opportunity, right? Whether that's like reaching out to your network, your friends, your family, your church, you know, your community, LinkedIn, like whatever's available to you. Like try to take full access of it and ask questions. You'll find your way. Yeah, I think asking questions, you just have to. That's the best way to learn because... Yeah. You learn about things that you didn't know you didn't know, right? You learn yeah, about sure. these details. You learn about people's experience and you really connect. So now, how much do people in enterprise sales make? I know people can make a lot. They can, yeah. Uh, I think in the United States, the average is about 100000 of what they call base salary. Uh, enterprise sales is a on-target earning 
type situation, right? Like we look at it holistically. It's not just your base salary of what you're getting paid consistently on a monthly basis. There is the commission aspect, the grinding, like what you, I mean, the the old school term, what is it? What you eat, what you kill, right? Like whatever you close, like that could be in addition to that base salary. So in the U S you can expect, you know, a hundred thousand dollars around there as a base salary. And then what they call on target earnings, your OTE, that's usually at around 195,000 for the United States, but that can vary by where you live, where you're listening to the podcast from, you know, and also what company you work for. Yeah. If you're an enterprise AE for a company like Google, you're making like 400, 500,000. I know enterprise reps that make millions, you know, so it's very, it varies all over the place and how hard you work in the product yourself. Yeah. I do know that one thing is to make those millions, you have to sell an expensive product. If you have like a product that's like three to 5,000 a year, it's going to be really, really hard for you to hit that million. But if you're selling contracts that are 50, 100, 200, 300, those right. are the people who generally make those millions. It, man, it also depends on what you're selling and also when you're selling it, right? So, for instance, like we all just went through a global pandemic, right? And there were some resources that companies really didn't seem as or glean as important as they did whenever the pandemic took place. And there was companies that came out of the wazoo and those enterprise AE reps just happened to be at the right place, the right time and happened to make millions. Yeah, and so I know like awesome. the AI the ones who's selling AI solutions right now, right? So a lot of those things, it's, it, their timing really impacts it. So now let's take it back. What's your backstory? You know, how was high school like for you? And what did you want to be in high school? Uh, high school was fun. I was a musician in high school. My junior and senior year, I got to graduate with my best friends. Uh, I attended a private school that was within my church. Um, before that, I was at a 5A high school here in Austin, Texas. I mean, going from a big school to a small school was definitely different. It was drastic, but it was well needed. You know, I graduated with a small community. After high school, I actually was going down the path of being a pastor and going to a Bible college. So I, in, I went to an internship for two years. I traveled around the country. I spoke in front of a lot of people, uh, thousands of folks on weekends, talking to teenagers, like really spreading positivity and a good message. But I really just never felt the tug to take it to the next level for like specific college. I was fortunate enough like to be here in Austin and Apple had the retail store. And I mean, who's not an Apple fan here in Austin? So I was lucky enough to get like a retail job with him. And that changed the game, man. If I'm honest with you, like that was really the game changer because people come into that store from all different types of backgrounds, you know, like whether it be like an enterprise, like executive coming to replace his iPhone or like, a, you know, just a family, you're able to talk to different people, learn different stories. And that's where I really solidified that, hey, I want to take sales to the next level. Yeah. So what did you learn from that job? You know, I learned to look outside the box. I was asking my store manager, how do I get promoted to the next level, like a lead salesperson? And he told me it's not specifically just the job. Like you do have to have the numbers, right? But what can you do to contribute to the team? Like what would you do in this role specifically that would be different than what you do now? For someone like me, I started as small and as tactile as I could, man. I started cleaning the windows. (laughs) Like every single time he would show up before work, I'd make sure that those windows, the front door were clean. 
because he knew that the customers following him would have the same experience, right? So that put me on his radar, and I just I provided the numbers and the work ethic from there to show up and be a good candidate for that next round. So what was that next round? It's called an expert's lead sales position in the retail store. I was able to lead the function. I participated in you know, different solutions for the store specifically. So if you walk into a store right now, I was part of that process of designing what a customer feels and uh, how they get checked in, leading that into the store, out to the store or out of the store experience, right? Whether they're getting their iPhone fixed, whether they're there to buy an iPhone or a computer, we helped design that. And I was part of that, whether that was like doing overnight procedures, like drawing up plans, like doing test runs, stuff like that. And that's where I actually sold a computer to my future boss in the corporate realm. We stayed in touch, connected on LinkedIn. From there, and you know, he hit me up and he's like, hey, I have an open position in our sales department. Would you be interested? Without hesitation, took him up on it, got approval from my manager. And that was my life in corporate in 2012. Wow. So how was corporate? What do you mean by that? You come from the retail background and sales and retail is like, hey, customers are coming in, you're talking to them and you kind of got in the groove. Now you obviously have a lot of skills, but corporate is a little different in terms of like, maybe you're using different systems. Your the sales customers are not just necessarily walking in. It may not be face to face as much. How'd you adjust to that transition? It was needed for me. I was having a baby at that time, right? Like getting married, having a baby, I was trying to build a family. Not being on my feet all day was a huge plus, you know, being able to go home, have some more energy to divert towards them. But actual corporate at that time was a lot different than what corporate is now. I think corporate and tech are two words that are kind of like anonymous in meaning and action, right? Like corporate back then, it was more along the lines of what can we do to support the retail store? Like, and I was able to bring in those experiences like, hey, this is what we're actually seeing and feeling in the retail store. Um, so my specific department was geared towards that, focusing on experiences in the retail store and then also tying that into the online e-commerce platform, right? The customer goes. Now, we're very familiar with it right now, right? Like you can go to walmart.com add an item to your cart, pick it up in the store. That wasn't a thing yeah. back in 2012. You know, like we had to design that process. It was awesome to be a part of that. Man, that's awesome. So how'd you make your mark in corporate? Like how'd you move up? What were some of the things you did? Network and just be around the right people at the right time. And then also perform. You know, we touched on it a little bit in the beginning. Like it's not necessarily all about like being salesy, right? It's more about like being inquisitive. And then also it's about like your availability. You know, somebody told me once, like your greatest ability is your availability. And I do my best to show up to work every day. And I know that seems like small, (laughs) maybe a little remedial. Like we don't think about that a lot, but showing up and being available for when opportunities present themselves is huge. Yeah. And you know what? It may seem small, but it's not small when you do it day in and day out. But because anybody can show up for one or two days, a few days for a couple mm-hmm. of weeks, but to do that consistently for years with intentionality, because you never know. It's not like on a calendar, there's a spot saying opportunity right. is going to show up on this day at this time. It's more like you keep showing up exactly. and then you just get like, hey, I was in the store in the front available, right? Instead of I can't 
I was right there and this person talked. And if I wasn't right there, who knows what would have happened? So it's something. Yeah, you can't make your mark without being yeah, there. Yeah, you got to look. 90% of success is just showing up. That's it. So now you're moving up. You're you're being available. What being available? What opportunity did it lead you to next? Hey, are you frustrated with your job search? Are you sending out resume after resume with no callbacks? If so, I have some good news. After three years of helping over 400 people land jobs at places like Meta, HubSpot, Google, Twitter, Amazon, Tesla, Disney, Sony, just to name a few, I created a course. In the Get Your Dream Career course, you'll discover best practices for creating a resume that stands out, and you'll also learn how to optimize your job search. It covers every aspect of the job, including resumes, application strategy, networking, LinkedIn profile optimization, interview guidance, and salary negotiation. You will also get a behind-the-scenes view of how recruiters use LinkedIn to find candidates. And of course, you'll get resume and cover letter templates. Get one step closer to your dream job. Sign up at the link in the notes below. Uh, being available got me to the point where I was working with colleges, K through 12s, trying to figure out the right way to get in with these folks and sell iPads and iPhones and focusing on the experience that students have. Specifically in the state of Ohio, we were focused on, you know, how can we utilize government funding? to bring an influx of iPads through K through 12 and making sure that we have the right content to match with these devices. So the teachers that are using these devices, you know, have an easy time. Like it's not a, a heavy lift for them. So being able to tell that story, uh, was super important in that role. And, you know, as I was building those connections, not necessarily professionally and also outside of that, like within my community, I met a friend, he worked for a company called Indeed. And at Indeed, they were doing some crazy things at the time. That was 2017. And this is when like internet and job market just like fell in love. Like it was a crazy connection. Everybody's like posting their resumes. LinkedIn's becoming like social network where people are not just applying to jobs, like they're having community, right? So he referred me to that position. And I was lucky enough to join a really good team with some really good leaders. And I worked there for about four years. Uh, we worked on some really cool projects. And I left there uh, actually to go back to Apple for a year. And as my year came up at Apple, I got a phone call from a leader at Indeed. And he actually went to a company that I'm at now called Carrot. And he was leading the sales function and really thought that I could be a valuable part of the team. And I joined that team. I worked with some really smart people, some really you know, thought leading uh, folks that I probably wouldn't have access to if I wasn't in this position. Wow, that's amazing. And it's really cool yeah. to just see how the opportunity presented itself, right? One person you sold a computer to, another person you worked mm -hmm. with. And that's what happens a lot in work, right? You do good work, people leave and they're like, look, I want, Charles was cool. Charles was good at what he does. Mm -hmm. I see him adding value to my organization. Now, how did you learn more about sales? Did you, was it all just on the job or did you read books, trainings, like mm. YouTube? What'd you, what'd you do? Uh, Apple was really fundamental in that. They did a good job as, as far as providing us with educational resources. Uh, training was all the time. Indeed was the same way. On the job, training and resources were, were huge, but 
like you just said, man, that doesn't cover it all, right? You got to want to improve within yourself, right? And so going to YouTube is huge. Right now you get on TikTok and there's all these guys like, you know, yeah. like telling you how to sell something and you're just like, ah, I don't know who's the right person to follow. But, you know, for me, it was more about the feel, right? I'm a musician. I don't read music, but when I play music, I can feel the music, right? And I know like what I can contribute to the song, yeah. right? So I translate that to my career, right? Like I want to make sure that I feel what I'm doing like in my heart and that I, I'm actually driven by the purpose of the product that I'm selling. And Carrot makes that really easy because products that we do make available to our customers really do change lives. And that's enough for me to be able to wake up every day and do it, you know. So I think it's important to feel, have a good network, and, and again, be available, uh, be your whole self whenever you do show up to work. No, I love that. And then here's some TikTok advice for the audience. Like, if you follow some good sales leader on TikTok, and I would say make sure you yeah. have like a TikTok dedicated to learning because the algorithm can... It gives you what you want. If you want funny videos, yeah. you want that, that's what you'll get. But my TikTok is all sales, career, technology advice. And I've applied some of that advice to my business and it's helped me increase my prices. It's helped me just be more confident and just understand how to navigate certain scenarios. And some of the advice that I've gotten, I've been able to share with my clients. So again, that's get cool. different perspectives just from different people. And then once you find someone that's like legitimately telling you good things, you know, listen to more of their things and feel it out. Does it seem right to you? Yeah. You know, I've gotten a lot of inspiration, I think, yeah. is the right word to use, from movies. Mm. You know, like the old Mad Men, the Don Draper. I used to love that stuff, man. Eat it up. And of course, I can't sell like yeah. that in my role. <laughs> Our day is completely different in who we talk to, how we sell things. But I think there's a, a you know an underlying sense of confidence that you have to have that you can take from that. And you can bring over. But movies are huge, man. How people respond to words. Yeah. How you can see visually in somebody's eyes how they're responding to you or not. Like you get those same cues from a movie that you're probably watching at the theater. Yeah. So now you've obviously had a lot of success. What were some things that you kind of messed up on? You know, tough learning lessons along the yeah. way. Because sales is about failure. There's no successful salesperson yeah. without a lot of failures. Yeah. I almost got fired from Apple retail. Man. Uh, yeah. I remember the man who brought me into the office, set me down. It's like from a compassionate place, just like, what's going on? What can we do to support you? Um, the backstory is, man, like being a musician, that kind of takes away time. You know, like I have to get out of here. I got to show up to a gig. Like I'm playing drums, playing guitar here. And, you know, he came from a place of like, Hey, we want to support you. We want to make sure that you're doing exactly what you want to do in life. And that is his terms and his way of saying it's either us. Yeah. Or go be a full-time musician. Right. So from there, it was like a fight or flight reaction. What am I going to do? What's important. And for me, it was, you know, I, I want to have a family one day and I want to support them. And based on what's best for me, this is the best way for me to do that. But yeah, I wish I would have probably uh up a little sooner. We could have had that conversation a little sooner in my career in the retail yeah. store. <laughs> no, you know what? It's it's tough as a musician because it's like you're always chasing the next gig. Yeah. You know, some people want to pay you an exposure and then you don't have benefits, right. you don't have stability, then the travel. And it, it look, when you're younger, it works. But after a certain point, because yeah. I've interviewed several people who were musicians and eventually became a point. It's like, look, I don't want to keep making... 
20, 30K a year. Eventually, it's like, I want to at least be able to settle or at least move up. And But I've always found that that grit, that determination, the skills, the confidence, the ability to work with others, the project management skills really translate well. And it's always interesting to talk about. It's a great way to connect with people. You know, there's a lot of people that go through that too, right? Like, so for instance, at Apple, I had a manager who was a previous musician in his past life. And being open and being able to communicate how I felt then and how I continue to feel with music being a huge part of my life resonated with him because he had the same experience. So be open, like to talk about that stuff, like find you have to work with somebody that you can be real with. Yeah. So now you've been in sales for some time. Do you mind Mm -hmm. going into like, how has the industry or just sales just changed over time? Now it's like much more tech driven. Yeah. There's more analytics and all that. I mean, I know AI. AI, I know like there are like these Mm -hmm. auto dialers that like dial five numbers at a time and they know one's going to answer and all this stuff. Like it gets crazy now. Yeah, I can only really speak to my realm, right? Like when I used to sell in in different products and different companies back in the day, I could pick up the phone at my level and call a store manager and that guy's going to answer because he's probably waiting for a customer to call him, right? I can use a pattern interrupt and get him to pay attention to the first 15 to 20 seconds of what I just said, find some value, see if I can get him continually going on the phone. The phone was huge, followed by email. We're not even thinking about LinkedIn nav, like all these other tools that you could use. Like that's not a thing. Like it's phone and email back then. Uh, But now it's different, right? Like people are looking at their email all the time. People are having their LinkedIn up as a second, third, 45th tab all day long. Like it's there. You have instant access, right? So it's it's different now in the fact that it's a fight and a battle of content, right? Like what are you putting in front of your prospective client that's one, going to solve their problem, but two, it's easier to understand and digest. And that's where the partnership between sales and sales enablement, marketing, you know, becomes such a big deal, right? Because you have certain amount of opportunities to get in front of the right person at the right time. Yeah. It's changing. I, and I definitely see content because now the thing is, it's like, look, I got a lot of followers and I'm going to check who's in my list. Like if I want something yeah. or I'm going to go be like, yo, Charles, you know, someone who sells this, I'm going to go through a referral just because it's like, you've had the experience. There's some credibility. And a lot of people like they'll come email message me on LinkedIn. And it's like, that's the sixth time I got that message. And it's like, I'm going to go to someone who's been interacting with me, who's been supporting my content or whose content I'm like, yo, this person really speaks to me. Um, And I think content Mm -hmm. will play a much bigger part. Now, looking back at your career, what would you say is your biggest accomplishment? Uh, Man, I think I still have a lot of time to make some really cool contributions, uh, not only to my career, but also like the companies and people that I service. Right now, the biggest thing I can point out is helping other people get to where they need to go. Especially like during this time, like we've just seen huge companies lay off thousands of people at the drop of a dime, right? And there were folks in my network that were impacted and I've I've been able to help a few of them find their next opportunity and continue going down whatever path they're following in their career. Yeah, no, that's definitely like a big thing. Yeah. Like looking back, did you ever think in like 2011, 2012, did you think you would end up where you are right now? I think it's a mix. Um, 
you got to have that confidence that you will progress and like get to the goals that you want to set out for yourself. But it goes beyond that, man. Like I, when I was growing up, I didn't, I never thought that I would be making money. Like in, in general, you know, like I was going to be a pastor and back in the day, like pastors don't make major money. Like it, it's, it's really small. Like I wanted to have a small church, a small community, right? Like, so I, I was definitely dead set on choosing that route, you know, and finding the fulfillment outside of compensation. Um, but no, like there, there's that other side too, right? Like you wake up every day and you're like, man, I want to continue to progress. I want to continue to make more money. I want to continue to be able to provide different types of opportunities for people, your family, friends, you know, like it's, it's all about that kind of stuff. So there's a, a mix and balance between the two. Yeah. What would you say is the hardest thing that you went through in like throughout your life or your career? You know, we all probably fight with the imposter syndrome, stepping into a meeting of, with executives and uh, not having the same lineage and background that some people might have um, and struggling with that imposter syndrome and then like double downing on it being a black male. You know, in the corporate world, you fight with that all the time. Um, so that's a continual battle. Um, and you, you just got to make sure I try to make sure that I have the right people in my life that are fueling exactly what needs to be fueled um, so that I can continue uh, to do what I do at a high level. And that that's I think a lot of people face that, right? Like you're probably. The yeah. only one in your group who looks like you and then you're like, hey, am I speaking correctly? Will I be perceived a certain way? What are some mm. mistakes that salespeople make that prevent them from moving up? Uh, it depends on what up is, right? Like if you want to be the next level salesperson, so a lot of mistakes people make is like having the right thing be the right thing. Like, are you pursuing your commission? Like, is that the number one thing or... Are you trying to build a relationship with this client that's going to last for years so that you can have compound growth, right? So making sure that you identify like what's the right thing, like what's the right avenue that we should be pursuing here. And then two, like showing up and giving it a shot, right? Not just sticking it out for six months and, you know, I'm not being promoted fast enough or somebody else was promoted that shouldn't have been promoted in my eyes, like actually sticking it out, right? You know, looking at this situation holistically, what's the potential for me here over the next four to five years? What value am I bringing to the table and how fast can I get somebody to identify that within me that can help me go to that next level? Have you ever had like mentors throughout your career and have they been helpful? Oh yeah, absolutely. Everybody should try to find a mentor whether that be like in your community or professionally, like you got to look for somebody. Marcus is a huge person for me, Marcus Taylor. And he was that leader that was with me over at Indeed. And there was a whole quarter. I tell him this all the time. There's a whole quarter where he moved his desk right next to me. So every phone call I had, he could listen in and he provided feedback on and just kind of ripped me to shreds at times. Like you should say this, you shouldn't said this, you said this. When you, I'm just like, ah. Oh. There's a, you know, that meme, I don't know if you've seen it, man, but there's one where like uh, Austin Reeves and LeBron are playing and LeBron goes up to him. He's like, well, do this, do this, do this. And Austin's face is just like, what am I supposed to <laughs> I can't handle this. And it was like that same moment, but without his continual like 
outpouring leadership. Um, there's no way I would continue to be able to go down the path I'm going down right now. It's those mentors really just teach you a lot because they have the experience, they know you, and mm-hmm. when their advice hits, it it hurts. But you know that they generally they're not talking it about it from a point of being a hater or anything like that. They're talking about it like, yeah. yo, this is how you can improve and I know you can do it and I'm rooting for you. You know, I'm giving you this advice because yeah. I genuinely care about, you know, the things that you can do. They have to have that access too, right? Yeah, that access. So it ha- you have to be vulnerable and you have to like kind of like listen. Now, have you ever felt insecure about not having a college degree? And if you did, how'd you like battle through that? Yeah. Um, when I was applying to jobs that I shouldn't have any business applying to, uh, definitely feel like your skill set's not going to carry you over the finish line. That being said, now I focus on who do I know at that company? What do I know about that company? Will they see more value in seeing me stick out four years at a university or will they see my skills and the time that I've put into my craft? to being the salesperson I am now, like what's, what's going to weigh more in their checks and balances. And before I know that answer, I won't submit my application to them. Right. So I, it's like combating that insecurity with proactivity, yeah. right. Looking at your, your job, you know, your job career progression a little bit different. Yeah. And the beauty of enterprise sales, it, it really comes down to experience. There's nothing you're going to learn in college that talks about closing a hundred, 200, 300K deal. There's nothing in college where you're talking about a CEO who has like this problem that's costing them $2 million a year, right? That's about that mm-hmm. communication. That's about that experience. That's about that knowledge. And that's about that doing customized research so that when you approach that conversation, you have an idea of how you're going to present a solution for them. And you already know Absolutely. what questions you're going to ask that so they can reveal right. and you can follow up. now. You know, as we wrap up, you see yeah. your 18 year old self walking down the street. What do you tell him? <laughs> oh, man. Um, don't ever wear skinny <laughs> jeans. Like, they don't look good on you. Uh, grow your hair out and be confident. Like, that was a big thing. Like, being in corporate world, keeping that, your fade high and tight, yeah. you know, like, grow your hair out. Like, have confidence in who you are as a person. Show up every day, decide what you want to do, write it down, get people involved in your life um, that can help you change it for the better. So that's definitely what I would tell myself. I, mean, I probably wouldn't listen to myself, though, because I'm hard-headed, uh, especially at that age. But um, luckily, I have my wife to kind of keep me going in the right direction. Yeah, no, thank you so much for your time. Absolutely. Is there anything you want to promote or share or how would people follow you? Uh, just check me out on LinkedIn and um, easy to find Charles Bishop. You can find me there. Um, then also, um, if you're looking to up-level your skills, definitely check out my friend Marcus, Marcus Taylor Coaching. We are working together on some really cool initiatives. Uh, if you're a black man in tech, check out my friend Cam at Black Men in Tech. There's a ton of ways to get plugged in, but, you know, link up with us. Get involved, like take that step proactivity so we know you're out there. I love that. Thank you so much for sharing so much good advice. Thanks, man. And we definitely gotta do absolutely a, we bro. definitely gotta do a part two in a couple of years when you move up cool. and you're at the next level yeah. and you've helped so many more people. Cool, man. Absolutely, brother. Thank you for having me. 
another great episode. Thank you for listening. Hopefully this information was valuable and you learned a lot. Stay tuned for the next episode. This show is sponsored by you. No Degree wants to remain free from influence so that we can talk about the topics without bias. If you think the show is worth a dollar or two, please check out our Patreon page. Any amount is appreciated and will go towards making future episodes even better. Follow us on Instagram or Snapchat at No Degree Podcast. On Facebook at facebook.com slash no degree INC. If you want to personally reach out to me, connect or follow me on LinkedIn at Janaid Iqbal, spelled J-O-N-A-E-D, last name I-Q-B-A-L. Until next time, no degree, no problem, nodegree.com.